I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life, and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. do this with beer sometimes we need we keep on saying that i keep suggesting it i want to get drunk one time and record but you won't want to publish it if you're drunk and talk about the things you talk about (laughs) (laughs) depends what we talk about (laughs) yeah i'll say that stuff when i'm sober (laughs) he actually doesn't say anything that bad i think it'd be we, we talked about doing it with our friends and getting drunk and there's a couple of, of them that would yeah that would be yeah. a I, mean, I would just swear more I, I lose a filter that too. the little filter I do have just goes away when I get a drink in me as well then I have my daughter like 20 bucks yeah seriously <laughs> just give here's a hundred dollars so to get me good for the month right was that look because you don't believe I have a filter yeah <laughs> <laughs> Stephen and I are also very uh, honest with each other that's good you yeah. should be I'm not putting it that way. Yeah. Good friends. We challenge each other. That's the whole point of what you've been doing. We're trying. We challenge each other a lot. (laughs) Especially the patients. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Steven's challenging. So, we do this thing where we kind of sneak attack people and tell them we've already been recording. Okay. So, we're already recording. Now we just have to say hi to everybody and welcome everybody. Hi everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Ordinary to Extraordinary. We have a special guest today. You want to talk about our guest, Ben? Cindy yeah. is our guest. Cindy Donahue. I first met Cindy at uh, the Spokane Club, actually. You did? Mm-hmm. I think so, unless I met you somewhere else. But that's where I first remember you at, Aww. when I was actually a member there. And when I worked there. When you worked there. And then I remember going to the March Madness event, and I think you, re- you liked mm-hmm. the introductions. And I was... Then that's when I had to tell her that I actually quit the week before. Yeah, we've talked. I think this was one of the early series. But I just started. I know. Yeah. And you're like, we'll get you back. And then you quit. So (laughs) this was was one of the early stories on the podcast, I think. Mm -hmm. I I introduced you both. I was like, Ben's a member of the... And it was the first time I'd met you. And sure enough, Ben Ben comes up to me and whispers, he's like, I'm not a member anymore. That's okay. I said in front of her. (laughs) You forgive me? I did. Okay. Are you still a member? No, I teach yoga there once a week, though, so I'm technically kind of... So you get kind of the free membership thing. Like, it's yeah. the pool. I love the swimming. Yeah, why not? Yeah. If you can get it. I mean, if you teach there and enjoy it, why not? I like the Spokane Club every now and again. I just don't think there's justification behind the fees they charge for membership. But there you go. There's the honesty. There's the no-filter thing. <gasps> can I just say what I think, too? Yes. Sure. I agree. Oh! <laughs> I have two gym memberships, and I pay half what I would pay 
at the Spokane Club. It's not cost, though. It's value. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of the club is supposed to be creation of community, right? Which was mm-hmm. what we all do in other locations. And so um, that was what I was pushing for and fighting yeah. for the creation of community. Because then it's a space you want to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really about value. Yeah, I think in, in sort of times gone yeah, by, yeah. there was obviously a little bit of a status involved in it as well. That was a place you went if you wanted to see certain people, talk to certain people. And that's gone away now. Well, I mean, they've talked about, well, there's the restaurant in the hotel. And like, there's better restaurants and better hotels for like less money. I you have a good this patio. Is where, this is but... where I'll stop talking. About <laughs> <laughs> so like, well, maybe not after this gets released. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a cool spot. I even play basketball there every now and again. But Not um, anymore. You got 86. So they're going to listen to this and you're out. Their loss. No value. No, you're their loss. I'm the only Scottish person that goes in there. <laughs> yeah. And, and did you pay anything? Are you the only Scottish person in Spokane? Actually, no. There's a lot oh, of us. Oh, there are? Yeah, there's a lot of us. Um, we should all get together to have you all speak so we can just sit and listen and enjoy it. There's yeah, actually... St. Patrick's Day is coming up. You guys could... Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing, right? You're getting Scotland and Ireland mixed up Yeah, again. same thing. Yeah. I know. Um, it cracks me I up like when you're out for St. Patrick's Day and the guys come through in the kilts with the bagpipes. And everybody gets excited and asks, does this make you feel like you're at home? And I'm like, well, yeah, but not because it's Irish. Because my mum's Irish and I'm, I'm Scottish and born. Uh, but no, there's a lady that works at the hospital who actually grew up. Uh, her brother is one of my dad's good friends and used to do all the carpentry work in her house. So now she lives here. And I didn't know she was here until I'd already lived here. And yeah, so her, her maiden name's Fisher. And her, uh, yeah, so. That's well, the cool part about Scotland is they mm-hmm. all know each other too. Yeah. yeah, you're from Scotland. My buddies are Scotland. You know him? That's His name's John. Is. Yeah, I know John. That's what John. Yeah, this is Spokane. Is do you yeah. know my brother's cousin's girlfriend? Oh yes, I totally know. I actually ask them when I'm traveling. I'm like, oh, who's your cousin? Because I'm like, there's probably a good chance actually that, depending on what circles they run in, that you, you do know him. I and learned that the hard way when I was dating. I was like, oh, Spokane is really small. Yeah. <laughs> and really big, but small. Like, big enough to be known outside. I've given up dating. I'm, You've given... I'm, I'm retired. Yeah, when did that change? Just as of yesterday? What? Years ago. I just keep putting my toe back in the water, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Uh, Cindy, tell us about yourself. Background, history. Where have you been? What have you done? Ooh. What are you doing now? That's a lot. I'll try to make it short. Um, so I'm from <laughs> LA, from Manhattan Beach. Went to school in Santa Barbara. Oh, I saw that. Radio and marketing. And then I went to San Francisco because it was the dot com boom. We were all going to be millionaires and, and, uh, and you know, make it rich with all of our options. But that didn't work out. Some people did. They did. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> and then womp, um, womp, womp. I was burned out on sales and marketing. I was just like, well, my one skill, one of my few skills is that I can type really fast. And so I'll just, I'll be some guy's secretary. So I became an executive assistant. At a leverage buyout firm, and uh, mm, it was the best job I ever had. And really? So I did that. Mm. It was such a great job. Um, learned about business and people and customer service and investments. And, mm. um, and then I was pregnant with my daughter and thought, how am I going to commute from Marin County to the city and have my child? And um, her dad, who I was married my first marriage, he got a job offer in Spokane where it snowed. I was like, where is Spokane? I don't know where that is. <laughs> it was a California bitch back then. <laughs> The Santa Barbara, here. California yeah, bitch. Yeah. Uh, but then I moved here to be a stay-at-home mom, and so I did it for three years, and then I wanted to start to go back to working a little bit, and so I became a personal trainer, and that's how I ended up at Spokane Club. And then I was ready to put my big, my big girl suit back on and wanted to be the membership director, so I did that and talked about creation of community and um, trying to connect people together and found my why. 
and then I um, got this great opportunity to Ignite. So now I've done Ignite um, for almost, well, six months. And what are you doing there? I'm the marketing director for Ignite Northwest. Um, so we promote um, economic development and startup culture in our region. How do you do that? Social media, uh, real life events and networking and programs to enlighten. Um, we provide mentorship for entrepreneurs and then we also provide a lot of funding mechanisms. So I work with Tom Simpson at Ignite. Yep. So essentially it's a more modern venture capital firm, right? Little no, forward thinking? or nothing about venture capital. No, but it's okay. really an economic development organization. It's a nonprofit. It's a 501c3. Okay. Um, and so we are just, we believe, I made Tom learn to, to create our why. So we didn't have a why. He kept saying, we fund and mentor and enlighten. I said, but why do we do it? Um, so we came up with our why. So if you ever see Tom say our why for Ignite, he'll look right at me because that's how he memorized it. Um, <laughs> so we believe a vibrant entrepreneurial core is essential for the, the health of our region. So really just promoting entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So on your site, though, you guys have talked about funding, too. Yep. So funding. You know, so there's a funding sense. element to it. Uh, it's not all ours. And so we just help entrepreneurs with funding. So there's Mind to Market, which is actually a community um, pre-seed fund. So we just help and advise on that. Um, what, what does that mean for for an entrepreneur? Yeah, pre-seed fund. Pre-seed fund. So if you have an idea and you want to go from your idea to having a minimal viable product that you could market and, and scale, um, then you can have up to fifty thousand dollars in mind to market if you're approved. Hmm. So I've seen lots of those cool presentations come through. Yeah. Um, so really, just the very beginning, the pre-seed mm-hmm. um, before friends and family. Their initial funding. The very first. Just and I have real... this idea. I'm starting this app. I I really want to make it real. Mm-hmm. Real life Shark Tank. Yeah. Real life Shark Tank, and then where there is the um, Spokane Angel Alliance, which Tom has been running for ten years. It's been um, in the last ten years. It's invested. $40 million in 45 companies that have helped our region grow. You want to throw out some names of some of the bigger ones that have sort of been seeded from... Well, his big one, his big claim to fame, obviously, is E-Tails. Mm-hmm. But Spiceology as well. Spiceology yeah. actually started through um, a startup weekend here, yeah. which we're bringing back. Cool. That's right. And mm-hmm. then he has his... Beard Brand, funds. were they part of that which as well? One? Beard Brand? Did Beard they? Brand, yep. did go through some of these. And then... Um, and then we also have Ignite has a revolving loan fund called our Technology Growth Fund. So in, uh, startups and entrepreneurs can have up to two hundred fifty thousand um, dollar loan. That's so when they're not cool. yet bankable and they really is, need to get there. Is this like then all of Tom's things together? No. Ignite Northwest, Mind to Market, Spokane Angel Alliance. It's all of us. So yeah. so he's I'm the CEO. It's like it's, yeah, we're all bringing those all of. those things together and trying to, like I said, create community. Right? Are they all out of the Indaba location too? That building? No. No. Um, no. We well. They're kind of just everywhere, right? They're kind of just, they are. They just are in existence. (laughs) (laughs) I think the coolest thing about this is that a lot of times we talk about entrepreneurs and hard money or just doesn't exist anymore money and you guys are making things more accessible as long as they have a viable plan and something to show you. It's like, yeah, we'll we'll give you the facilities. You've got to ask and show that you can do it. But, you know, I think that's cool because banks won't touch startups. I think a lot of times um, before... I came on board to Ignite. There, there wasn't information about Mind to Market. It existed, but it was like mm-hmm. a secret. So I created a series of social media posts like, this is what Mind to Market is. This mm-hmm. is how you apply. This is what it can do for you. And the same with our technology growth fund. Did you know that you can get up to $250,000 loan and not bankable and you're an entrepreneur? Hmm. So I started trying to communicate what, what's here. And so mm-hmm. part of um, being a marketing director is taking 
not only creation of community, which through events and social media, but also information, putting it out there. So enlightening through programs and speakers, but also enlightening the community about the startups that are here that are successful. People didn't know what was mm -hmm. here before. So Tom's so brilliant. He came up with the 25 plus 5, the, the list of emerging companies that was in the journal in mm -hmm. January. So just educating our region about mm -hmm. what's even here. One of my buddies is on that list. Who? You know, um, Nathan. The one that Which does the, uh, yeah. the digital printing? No, it's a buddy who I went to school with who worked at Salesforce who's working on starting like an automated based renewals process for oh. SaaS. Cool. Contract renewal software. There you go. I thought you had more than one friend on the list, so I wasn't sure. I know your friends with me. He's well, I, know, I mean, I know a couple of people on the list. You're such a big deal, Ben. BFD. <laughs> BFD. Nathan was one of the best presenters I've seen. That's what I heard. He's fantastic. He had his pitch, like him and I chatted. He, we sat on his back deck. He's like, yeah, I got an idea for this. And I was like, well, put your business plan together. And like, let me see it. And then like two weeks later, he's like, yeah, I'm presenting to freaking Tom. I'm like, wait, you didn't even have a business plan two weeks ago. Really? Oh, like, he was so good. I watched like, Holy so crap. Yeah, so good. He went like zero to 500 miles an hour in like a month. I was like, you went from no business to funded in like a couple months. Well, we just it talked about what's holding you back, right? He's one that did just fucking do it. Sorry, yeah. excuse the language. He literally just did it. Yeah. Two weeks, we, have to, we have to excuse our language now? No more uh, There's a lady oh, present. Uh, there's a lady uh, present. There's an explicit on all of our podcasts. Yeah. Uh, but Tom always says we're investing in people, and, and I've seen that over and over again. So mm -hmm. you can tell yeah. when someone comes in to talk about their idea, they either love it and they're passionate about it and they know it, or they don't, or they, um, or they're missing a big piece of the business puzzle. You know? That's the funny. Like we talk about that in the in the business plan, right? They write their business plan. They write their financial projections, and that's always the funniest part to me. And that says the guy who has an accounting degree and works in finance, right? Because it's like it's so. I have a shotgun in my hands right now. It's so like arbitrary. There's no real. Financials. What are they going to be? It's right. just all a big guess, right? Well, it's market research, but a lot of what I'm finding in these presentations, and we have one program called First Pitch that helps entrepreneurs pitch. So it's a mentoring program where they come into the Lean Hayes conference room with our mentors and they do their pitch for 10 minutes, and then they get feedback on their idea and feedback on their presentation. Hmm. Um, and sometimes they'll have big holes, but what I've noticed over and over again through First Pitch and Mind to Market and seeing the presentations is that they know what they're talking about so well. Oh, yeah. They're explaining it to themselves, not to someone like me that doesn't mm -hmm. know. Um, so stepping back, I think, when you're looking at a pitch and saying, this is my idea, this is what the market looks like, and doing it not from down in the trenches, but from the 30,000 foot. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. I think one of the most impactful things I ever experienced was when I was first selling soccer camps and clinics and uniforms. The hardest thing to do is convince more than one person and we used to have to come into these boardrooms and you'd have 20 people sitting around who had a vested interest in their kids, their own kids, making decisions based on what was best for their child, not necessarily what was best for the organization. So I knew I had a product or products that were great for them and then learned then exactly what you're talking about. Don't come in here and talk high level about how great you can make their, their kids be. Find their issues and connect, right? And that's the secret to the presentation. How do you connect with your audience? Well, that's the secret to everything. You and I yeah. talk about that all the time, right? Hashtag connect Spokane. And, mm -hmm. um, and that's why finding your why and all those things is knowing yourself and then really listening to other people and finding out what, what matters to them and, yeah. and then connecting that way. Because I've sat through presentations, not necessarily to the level you're talking about where somebody's asking for a quarter million dollars to start something, but 
I've sat through presentations where I'm like, you're just regurgitating numbers and figures and facts to me, and there's no the passion isn't there. Yeah, I can tell you love it, nothing. but you're not inciting anything in me. You're not bringing any passion out of me. And then other times you'll sit through a TED talk, like you brought as a Simon Sinek quote, which we'll read here in a minute. But his start with why talk, I've it's the most viewed TED talk of all time, I think. Hmm. Um, and I've never shown it to anybody or had anybody watch it that hasn't given me feedback. Like that's the best thing I've ever watched. And he, I mean, he's, he had a whiteboard. A, a, with circles. circles yeah he's yeah. obviously refined it a bit yeah, we got a whiteboard in here we could draw yeah. some circles refined it and then the I second book circle. you brought circles oh okay, you've got the look at you well, oh. you got like multiple things going I on here well, i just did i details. brought handouts mm-hmm. at details i just did the start with why presentation last week and yeah. uh, we went through personal why but then we took details and you know threw out what are the what's what are the hows and then you know, we talked about how do you connect those into a why and we whiteboarded it and mm-hmm. it's, it's such a fun process to go through because it changes so they had you guys come back in or something with e-tails? Um, I just decided gonna... they started a women lead group with e-tails. Oh, interesting. So I was helping them kick it off. And so they're um, bringing in different leadership speakers on different yeah. topics. And so I, like I thought it. that's always a good one to start with, with why. Super similar to the presentation I gave at Whitworth. I, mm-hmm. I, I basically stripped it all back and said, we've got to start with why. Why are you here? If you don't want to be here, leave. Yeah. And you saw the directors of the departments kind of going, don't say that. I was like, hey, I told you that. I actually told him before I would do the presentation I said I'm going to be super frank there may be people that have a realisation and stand up and say hey I don't want to be here not necessarily then but they quit in a week or two because I'm not passionate about this (laughs) or maybe then Um, but this quote you brought is Cindy I love I've seen it a bunch but those who lead create a following of people who act not because they were told or swayed but because they're inspired and it's true right Mm -hmm. and I brought it for you too because what you're doing through this from ordinary to extraordinary is you're inspiring people Right, so this is leadership. Is you're inspiring people on different topics to think about their why, to think about what inspires them, and mm-hmm. then you never know what will happen. I that. appreciate that. Well, we had the realization it was about six months into this last year, and I was talking to a friend, and she actually told me off. She's like, "You guys, self-deprecating humor is one thing, yeah, but you both regularly say, don't know why anybody's listening to us." And she's like, "Whether you want to or not, you're." people are listening and people want to hear what you've got to say and we're like shit I guess we are in the self-help game we got to start embracing this instead of making fun of ourselves yeah. about it <laughs> but we still make fun of ourselves too part yeah, of that but, was like eh we're still going to do a little bit of that just because that's who we are but yeah. I think part I mean to this quote and it was kind of interesting last week when we ran into you mm-hmm. to schedule this yeah. actually at, at Indaba I don't know if you saw there was a guy that came up to us beforehand that was just sitting in there having coffee and he walked up he's like hey I listened to your guys' podcast mm-hmm. Steve and I are both like I don't know who this guy is at all. I have no idea who this guy is. And he's probably going to listen to this and be like, it's me. Because he said he listens to them all. But had a lot of great things. He said he was going through getting, I think, switching from mortgage to real estate or vice versa. Yeah, one of the two. One of the the two. Was I've been listening to your podcast and really appreciate some of the insight that you have. You just like, sometimes you don't realize. I think one of my things that I was going to do, one of my daily thoughts, but I didn't do it. Of course. I haven't been into it. What was uh, it's like you never realize <laughs> the extent or the impact that you have on people. <laughs> I'm turning your thing up. The extent <laughs> or the impact you have on people, right? It's like, I mean, we don't know who this guy is, but he came up to us in a coffee shop and was like, hey, it's like you guys have had an impact on him. It's like, I don't even know you. That's hard to accept, though. It's, a, it's hard to accept your impact on people, right? And Whether or not to, you know you're doing it. To, to have the confidence to embrace that. So when I'm teaching yoga and afterwards someone comes up and says, that was what I really needed, right? Mm-hmm. To say, 
to be able to say you're welcome instead yeah. of say, oh, well, I was just doing this or just, you know, to embrace and say, mm-hmm. yep, I did mm-hmm. that. And I'm glad I helped you. Yeah. That's hard to do. Yeah, that, that day was an interesting day because that's happened to us individually. Like I've been somewhere and someone's recognized that Ben's been somewhere and someone's asked them, but when we're together, it's not happened. And the poor girl that was sitting next to us, so you, he I talked to us. Um, you talked to us, and I think Caleb, the the kid that works there, who's freaking phenomenal, by the way. Like, I love that kid. He's funny. Um, I walk in, and he greets me by name now and always asks about what's going on and the podcast. And he he's one of those baristas that just makes your day. So I'll go there over anywhere else now in town. But yeah, so that's right. He makes you feel, he knows part who you are. You feel Indaba community. Yeah. yeah, but I like Indaba for that reason because I do know a lot of people there. Like, how often have I been sitting there at a meeting and you come down and say hi and we're able to connect you with somebody? And Just don't expect to get like any actual email work done or anything. <laughs> every now and again, if you put the headphones in and ignore people, look at the wall, turn yeah. away. Yeah. Cindy Wendell invited me to go to San Diego this last weekend to see a soccer game. Wow. I was like, oh, it's just too short notice. I'm not going to, because I was supposed to go to Louisville. I was supposed to be gone today, actually. Leave Saturday, come back this Wednesday. But they cancelled it because of the coronavirus stuff. And I'd mentioned it to her. She's like, well, I'm going to a soccer game and we're trying to bring soccer here. And you used to be in soccer. Why don't you come to San Diego? Go to this game. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I would let you know tomorrow. <laughs> that is community, though. And it's, um, I come downstairs just to see people that I know. Because for me, that's what is my why, right? It's being connected to people and hearing what's going on with them. And you never know what will come from that. No, you don't. You never know what will come from. So. We gotta go check out your guys' offices one time. I'm always in that building. I have not gone upstairs past Ben and Sway yet. Yeah, I'll take you upstairs. I gotta go see the. I gotta go see the upstairs. Mm-hmm. It's just shared offices. It used to have these really cool sliding glass doors, but now we have real doors. So, but you can still hear everyone upstairs because there's no ceiling. <laughs> oh, seriously? Oh, jeez. I also just got some feedback this past week. It was someone who was at the Youth for Christ. And I can't think who it was. Hmm. I remember the feedback. They said, love listening to your podcast because of how passionate you are about Spokane. So I want to turn that round on you. You obviously moved here. Yes. You didn't know where it was. From one of the most beautiful cities in the world. You have inspired a lot of people with your passion for this little city. So talk to us about that. What do you see in Spokane that, quite frankly, some people don't see? And how do we get more people to buy into that? And what's your vision for Spokane? I would say it's the generosity of spirit of people. People here are so genuinely kind. And I had never experienced that. I grew up in LA. I lived in California. Mm-hmm. And people here really want to know who you are and what are you up to and, and you know, what are you all about? And that that's genuinely how people are in Spokane, whether they just moved here or they've lived here for a long time. And, um, and they also want to help. So there's just such a sense of community here. And so that led me... So I really, really realized that, I guess, um, through being a mom. And so I met this mom group, and those are girls I'm still, these women I'm still friends with now Mm -hmm. that we're still connected. But, um, and then being at the club and getting to know all these amazing people that had interesting backgrounds and traveled and wanted to help other, um, each other, really, and help other entities. Um, And then that led me to apply for the Leadership Spokane program, and that's been a huge eye-opener for me about what's here, what people are doing for our community. We just had our class. We have class once a month. And um, it was the Human Needs Day. So we went through a poverty simulation, which was a really powerful experience for me personally, especially and um, because you really learn empathy. You learn compassion for other people. And you learn about our city and about our region. So I, mm-hmm. I just am constantly learning about Spokane and what it needs and what it's doing. And 
Um, how do we export that to other people to understand who we are, but also still grow in a smart way? I think that's hmm. the balance between the two. <laughs> yeah. I think you were talking about that poverty, um, what did you say, poverty simulation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We went through something similar, I think it was when we were talking to Habitat for Humanity, Spokane, uh, with SYP, because we did, we've got two left actually, two build days left, and they sort of showed us some figures on what some people live on. And even as, you, even as younger people in the community, it, it was just, the first thought is how the hell does anybody live on that much money? Mm -hmm. And then they'll show you these families that are functioning and making it work. It's like 20 something thousand a year. Are missing, missing so a like lot, right? Yeah. Like 28, 29,000 yeah, for, for a family, family of four. I mean, I'm like, geez, I can, like, there's, like, I don't, just don't know how that math works. Like, whether it be housing, transportation, mm -hmm. sending kids to school for, you know, to, to eat. Some of them do that where they don't eat breakfast, they have to wait till they get to school to eat lunch. and you know, that just, it's heartbreaking things. when you figure out that there's people all, I mean, all over the country like that, but here and in your own community. Them, yeah. yeah. Um, and I said, especially for me, because I've never had to live in poverty and I felt so guilty the whole time, right? So yeah. I, I, you know, I went to school, I worked all the time and um, I never had that experience, but even just going through the simulation for two hours, it's so stressful. What you was the simulation? Um, you are a family with a group and you have your assigned and you have your budget and you have to... Um, you get your amount of money that you get each month and then something will happen in between. So each 15 minutes is one week. And so someone will go off to work, but then you'll get a, a note saying you've been evicted or uh, okay. you, you now owe this extra money or your mm -hmm. child is now in juvie or whatever it is, something bad happens. And, and how do you adjust? And all you're trying to do is get by and make sure you have enough money. There's no time to think about your family or or how they're doing mm -hmm. or thinking about what's possible. Just putting out fires. It's just Seems constant like, you know. stress. And so I I, really did learn empathy for people who are just trying to survive. Yeah. I have that saying, it's like money can't buy you happiness. And I'm like, mm -hmm. but I, I don't know if I agree with that 100%. But then well, that's... It buys you time, time to think and time to relax and rest. Well, and which things. is happiness to some degree, right? Like mm -hmm. you get that. It's like money can't buy happiness. It's like at a certain point, you're right. Right. Yeah. Like there is the point of diminishing return. Like... It's like, yeah, you don't need to make a million dollars a year to be happy, right? But it's like, but if you're a fan, like, you, if you're poverty, that's going to be hard to be happy and have, I mean, my An extra opinion. 100 bucks a month or 200 bucks a month can change these people's lives. And yeah. a lot of times it comes down to, again, found this out through Habitat, that they don't realize that there's a way out. They don't realize hmm. that, all right, you're working for a minimum oh, yeah. wage job. What are your marketable skills? How far away are you from having a GED so you can go to college at night? And, you know, there's always a path out, but sometimes when you're in that quagmire, you just don't realize it. Well, we've talked about this with like YFC, which you were at last Thursday, right? Youth for Christ mm -hmm. that I'm on the board for. And it was like, there's it's generational poverty, right? It's not like one time. So it's like they are learning because that's what was... That's, well, that was their example. That was their parents' example. It's like they don't know different. You don't know what's possible. So I no. think it's a matter of having a roof over your head and also education. Yeah. But being able to have the space and the time to even think about those things. Well, and even an advocate. Yeah. Somebody who tells you, it's like, no, you can break out of this cycle and you can do something. You don't have, you can go to be more than just working at McDonald's or on the, you know, challenge yourself. Yeah. Right. It's hard to do. Um, I think that you were asking about Spokane and how this is my, my town and I, and I love it. And I think that I've learned a lot about compassion and empathy through being here with other people. And so now I've gotten involved with Women Helping Women, which is an amazing organization mm -hmm. that 
that um, gives over $300,000 a year to women and children organizations and scholarships for education. Cool. Um, so I, I went to the luncheon quite a few times, and I just thought, oh, that was great, and then I left. And then about two years ago, I went and I thought, I, I could host a table. This is, this is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. So last year, I hosted a table, and this year, I was like, I'm going to host two tables because it makes a difference for people, and mm-hmm. it's something that I'm able to help do because I think a lot of times for a lot of us, we think, well, what can I do? I don't know what I can do other than, you know, maybe donate money or my time and volunteer, but it's hard to figure out how you can help. And so for me, that was a big eye opener. Yeah. Well, I think the other part of that too, I remember, I don't know if I shared this with you too, is like, I remember one of the, uh, so I volunteered with the kids at Youth for Christ for four or five years. It's like, and had a really hard time relating mm. to, to them. I mean, it's like, so they're coming from broken homes, you know, very few of them have both parents, let alone, well, I mean, it's. Yeah. I just couldn't relate. So it's like, and I remember the executive director at the time being like, well, it's okay to, like all of us have different giftings and serve in different ways, right? He's like, if yours is to go and work hard and make money to help support the organization, that's just as, you know, important as being a daily volunteer, you know, or volunteering with a kid. Like there's no right way to, to play a role. Yeah, for me, so what I've learned is because I've um, gotten more involved in other organizations in town, so what I can do is promote things for people mm-hmm. through social media and talking about them. So talking about women helping women yeah. with you on this podcast or mm-hmm. um, Habitat for Humanity has their um, their uh, repelling. Do you know about this? Yeah, I have to raise $1,000 and I get to repel down the side of the Bank of America Oh, that's cool. I know, I totally want to do it. So if something like that, then I could reach they out to They sell adult diapers, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a tall building to repel down. I know. I'm excited. My husband said he's gonna take out more life insurance on me before I do it, but I don't think it covers it. So no, I, I think you have to wait two years for that one. <laughs> Stephen will give you the money to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Let make sure you share that with us, and we'll get that out to some people as well. Yeah. Here, if you want to for raising money. Yep. That's um, a cool one. That'd be fun. Be yeah, when would you do that? It's in May. It's right after the Women Helping Women luncheon. I think it's the day before or day after. So. Oh, jeez. That's cool. Yeah, I, I don't even like going to River Park Square up the escalators and looking over the side half the time. I'm like, oh. I think this is the thing that you, you've actually sort of done it more eloquently than me, but I get agitated with philanthropy quite often. I feel like a lot of people will write a check and want their name on a building or want their name on a plaque. And then there's other people that think they can't help because they don't have the money to write a check and it's like no everybody can be philanthropic Mm -hmm. philanthropy is time it's energy it's support and and that can be financial support it can be the word of mouth support like you can be an absolute bastion of um positivity for a for a a charity without ever giving them a dime right and sometimes that goes so much further than writing them a check because then people know about it there's a few here amazing charities in spokane that people don't know about Mm -hmm. and and i'm like you need to oh we're on Facebook and it's like yeah but you're not nobody knows you're doing nothing so then it's like speak to these people they'll they'll give you their time maybe for all they have to do is put their logo on on your videos but you need video content you need to be putting mm. things out there and there's so so many ways to be philanthropic over and above writing checks yeah and I think that's, well, that's everybody's often lost everybody's heard the the time treasure and talent mm-hmm. right that thing that they always talk about in volunteers it's like pick one I think a lot of times we don't know what our talent is. So, I mean, you whether you have the time to volunteer, you have the, the treasure to give, but, um, you know, how, how can I help? What, you know, what are my um, talents that make a difference? 
difference in my community. And um, I think a lot of times we don't realize we have talent. Like you were saying that people say to you, I love your podcast. And you're thinking, oh, it's it's nothing. But it is something. And mm-hmm. it's it's hard to know what your talent is and then to embrace it and, and, and know what you can do with it. That's a podcast, you know, embracing your talent. Yeah. yeah. Something and. Yeah, I love that. I always right say to Sinead Voorhees, I always, <laughs> you know, Sinead, um, yeah. I always say, I used to say to her and Carolyn, um, our FLC, our Fabulous Ladies Club, I used to say, I don't really have any talents. You know, I can type fast, I can carry multiple plates in my arm from when I was a waitress, and I can, you know, and I can teach yoga. Like, those are my three talents. But they said, no, you connect with people and talk mm-hmm. to people, and that that yeah. is a talent. And I was like, really? I had no idea that just well, seeing a, me could be something that matters. I was going to say, it's like even it's like having sometimes outside perspective of your own talents, you know, it is what, what, you know, you need it. Apparently yeah. talking to anyone about anything, anytime is like a talent. <laughs> you and I mirror so each fun. other in this in that I know that every time you sit down with somebody for a coffee or lunch or every time you're at an event, when someone tells you what they do, how they do it and what they need, you've already got two or three people in your mind that if they're there, you'll walk them up to them and introduce them there and then. And we do that. Or you'll make email intros. Yeah, We've done sure. it for each other. And, yeah. you know, it's it's so important and it's a lost skill. And, and I shared with Ben that talking to strangers is actually something that terrifies me, even though I do it every day. Really? I, I get hives on my arms and I have to talk myself into it every time. But once I'm doing it, I'm fine. And I'm, But I really do get off on connecting people and knowing that something good is going to come to our community because I just put two people together that didn't know each other existed five minutes ago and now they're going to work on a project together that's going to be great. Yeah, you don't know where it's going to go. You never know. Um, I had coffee. I, I purposely started um, trying to have a more meaningful 2020. So you guys were inspiring that way. You know, you took your year and you really mm-hmm. worked at things. And so I wanted to do things that made it more feel more real and more um, rooted and so I started a few different projects, and one of them was trying to have coffee with women that I found inspiring. So mm-hmm. I had coffee with um, Letitia Hill, and we were talking about how mm-hmm. it's through those relationships, just getting to know someone as a person, not about what they do or anything about that, just who are you, what are you into, what are your interests? Because then later, once you have that relationship, when something comes up down the line, or you want to introduce someone, then it's, it's just relationship, and then things get done from that. Mm-hmm. Become the connector. You know who's amazing that way is Lars Gilberts from the University District. He mm. is he is amazing. I've not actually met him in person. I mean, like, yeah, I've just in passing a few times, oh, but now had a conversation. Yeah. Oh, you will love Lars. Well, good thing she can make the introduction. There you go. <laughs> we're going to connect. See, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lars, you, we're coming for you. Well, sometimes as well. So we, He's a young guy, too. We have to kind of be somewhat diverse in the guests we have. So we love Spokane-based guests that can talk Spokane. But our audience is kind of broader than that as well South Africa yeah wow, really? <laughs> well that one time we had all these well, people, when we like, through, must be using a VPN yeah. but when we go through different like we see there's obviously people in the UK that are connected with me and then Seattle and Chicago and Arizona and a lot of people in California listening as well but yeah when we go through it it's um it's like okay we got to temper things with Spokane guests that are able to talk nationally and Spokane guests that can you know, it's super like, we're only going to talk Spokane. But I think someone like Lars would be great to have on. And it's not even someone that we thought about. Because we've sat down and struggled with guests, right, Ben? Where we're mm-hmm. like, who should we have? Like, we've got a list. And we're like, well, we can't do them back to back. But some of the concepts that you bring up, whether they're based in Spokane or not, they would apply. I mean, mm-hmm. you talk about this connecting, right? Look at, it doesn't matter where. Yeah. Right? yeah, I met a woman here um, through my through my job at the club who had just moved from Tokyo. And I... Um, mm. And I was supposed to be going, sadly, I'm going to call Delta today and cancel because of 
I'm scared. Yeah. Yeah. Planning that trip for two years. Anyway, um, but she introduced me to someone that's there that has children the same age as my child, mm. and and mm. I was going to meet up with her. Right? It happens That'd be cool. worldwide. Yeah, All totally. this connecting stuff happens no matter where you are. Hey, next time you're in Seattle, you should connect with this person. So it definitely, the in terms of connecting people and um, and knowing your why and, and how you can help other people, that I think that transcends our town. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. For sure. One of the things that I want to talk with you about offline, and maybe we can just start the conversation here, is it doesn't necessarily need to be a TED talk, but I actually want to teach people to network properly. And when I say properly, it's not sitting down, handing a business card over, asking somebody, how can you give me business? How can I give you business? But actually taking the time to know somebody, right? And it kind of ties in with start with why and how and what. But I just feel I like I can my presentation, so I actually do one on authentic mm-hmm. networking, and it starts with why. Mm-hmm. Um, I can send it to you for your TED talk, but it, it is about um, connecting with people in a real way. That if you give someone the first slide is a cheesy guy giving someone their card, like mm-hmm. you call um, versus hey, like yeah, I never. Yeah, and then I include um, so start with why, and then have a plan for each event or your year, right? So if you're um, if you're trying to get some new clients, maybe you go to a networking event and meet as many people as you can short. Mm-hmm. But if you're burnt out, you're tired, then maybe you just go and try to meet one new person. Yeah. Or if you're looking for a job and you're going to lunch and try to find certain people and just connect with them. Um, and then listening and mm-hmm. then following through. And following. So I'll send it to you so you can... And with no pretenses, like I don't want to sit down and think like I'm a guru or anything, but I want people to approach things from every time you talk to someone, try and take something away that you can help them with. Right, so that's your follow-up. It's not following up to get coffee. It's not following up to, hey, you said this. How do you do that? It's, hey, how can I help you? You're following up and you're saying, hey, you mentioned X, Y, or Z. I heard this really helps. Here's a book that helped me with that. If you want to have a coffee after you've read it, we can talk about it. You know, something like that. So you're actually bringing someone to the table before you ever try and get anything back. But it's just, it's different. It's something that... Not I enough people want to ta- do. We've talked about this, and I talked about it when we were at SYP. Remember, mm-hmm. I would say it's like you, you're not going to get any any business if you just come a few times. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's all about repetition and relationship, right? It's like the guys who come and they peddle their cards; they never end up getting anything. Maybe every once in a while, but everybody knows those people, and everybody's like, "Oh God, they're here again!" Like, "Oh, they're going to ask like." Uh, and the, you have a relationship after a while with them, but it's not the type of relationship that they want that's ever going to lead to any business. And I think people here in Spokane, when they're new, I think there there are a lot of times you hear, "How do I crack this nut? You know, how do yeah. I break in?" And I think slowly, it's very slowly. It is relationship, <laughs> and it's if you know one person, they introduce you to someone else, yeah. and you can't do the cheesy "Here's my card" thing. Um, See, and what I'll do, and I know this, we've talked about it, is I, I will grab coffee with people too. But it's like you only meet a few people. Like to your point, like one or two, three cards maybe. It's like, and I used to go and try to you collect a bunch of people's cards, and then just it's like I don't want to know everybody. It's like just know a few people well. When I think to know, I always say when you for the networking, um, authentic networking is to say I remember something about you. So if I mm-hmm. have a conversation like, oh, you're they're into photography, something unusual about them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're from Scotland, whatever. You know that you have a two-year-old. <laughs> I always just I remember yeah. something about everyone. So then when I see them next time, it's like, oh, how's your photography project mm-hmm. going? Or How's it going with that charity you just started mm-hmm. being on the board of? Or if you just remember one really meaningful thing to them. What's that link? Yeah. Right. That makes you have like a relationship. I that, think that that makes a huge difference. That's totally. so much easier than remembering names as well. Because if you do that, but you don't actually remember their name, I feel like you get a lot of grace from people. 
like, what's your name again? You're the one that worked at the Spokane Club. I have to do that all the time because yeah. I could tell you their life story, but I couldn't tell you their name. It's, it's right. tough. Yeah. And we're literally hardwired. There's science behind this. We're hardwired to remember 200 to 250 names. <laughs> Just and it constantly cycles out. The ones at the bottom of that list you haven't seen for a while, they actually get dropped out. Oh, interesting. And people get added daily because you meet people daily, right? So that's why if you meet a lot of people and you can go home and see your wife and forget her name type mm-hmm. thing. But yeah, I don't even... <laughs> I met 200 people today. <laughs> I, have, I forgot you. You dropped off the list, honey. I have boxes of... They send us business cards every now and again. I have boxes of them. I don't carry them anymore. I'd rather... Mm. Give me your cell phone number. What's your LinkedIn? Let's connect there. You know, like, I'll add them one there. I like the card because then I keep them with me. And then when yeah. I go the next day to work, I remember to send them an email. I do too. It's a good yeah. reminder. And then I start. The I take other people's wallet. cards. I never give them a card. Got it. <laughs> Steven's a BFD, remember? I don't know. I'm just... No, it's not even that. It's... I don't want to carry them. He wants quality and, over quantity. Yeah, I would rather... Like, we talked about this, I think, early on. If there's a hundred people in a room, if I can make a good connection with two of them, that's success. That's what we're just talking about. I don't yeah. need to know any more than two people, right? Um, what if they don't have their card? But then those two people know two more people, and those two more people know two more people, and when you, it's, it's that's how Spokane works. I can't remember who it was we were talking about. There was like to the point of being the connector, right? It's, it's like you don't need to know everybody if you know a connector. Mm-hmm. It's like you just need to have have your connector friends that are going to connect you with the people you need to know. And then we've talked about this, I believe. I know you and I have, but I think you and I have as well, Cindy, that we've kind of become the people that someone will reach out to you and say, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. Do you know anybody that can help me? I think you did it a few weeks ago, actually, for catering. Yeah. Um, don't know how that played out yet. but it, She's going to be the caterer for our um, Northwest Entrepreneur Competition Good. because of you. That's wonderful. But those kind of things, you I like that. You better get free cupcakes or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, she's selling Girl Scout cookies. I was going to buy a bunch for here for fellow actually, because um, I won't eat them. But I want to support the Girl Scouts as well. So it's Girl Scout cookie season, by the way. That's if you not, didn't know that, that's not good. <laughs> um, I that for eight years. I'm a sucker for any of those kids that are out there. But yeah, I think just I, I wear that like a feather in my cap. Like somebody called me today and said, "Hey, I need this." I'm like, okay, well, here's two people you can speak to. I'm not sure what their rates or anything like that are. That's obviously a conversation you're mm-hmm. going to have, but you're welcome to say, Stephen said I should reach out to you. Yeah. And I think that Is means you're doing your job right. People? Is that your why? I think so. And I don't know that that needs to be better defined, mm-hmm. but on a broad sense, like I, my heart is literally to sit down and tell me how I can help you. And I think that's the thing that you and I probably both are the same. Like last week, I was talking with Jake about it. It's like, I need to feel value in whatever I do. Like, you mm-hmm. need to feel like you're providing some type of value. And if you don't, then it's like, okay, I'm done with it. Like, if this podcast, if I ever felt like we're not providing value, I'd be like, okay, done. I don't know where that comes from, other than maybe it's just male and we feel like we need to fix everything and provide value. But mm-hmm. So, your why is providing value for the good of your community? Yeah, well, and it, I mean, it could be selfish too. I mean, selfishly, it's like I need to feel that whatever I do, that it's like, oh, that you find what I do valuable. Well, all wise are selfish because it's it's what, yeah, good what point. does it for you, right? Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah. what motivates you? It's what motivates you in, in any way, what, what makes yeah. you feel like you're you. But I think that's also a positive, right? Because it's like if you're being the best version of yourself, then that's going to be the most biggest contribution to society as a whole and hopefully other people feel that passion and run as hard as you are 
then you don't feel like you're trying, right? Like yeah. when, you're, when you're living your why, you just don't feel like it's an effort. You're just yeah. doing your thing. Well, I think people, people when when your when your why is to help, or when you have a what is it Simon Sinek calls it a, a worthy cause, right? Mm-hmm. When you have your worthy cause, your why, and it's it's something noble, regardless of whether you feel noble or not. I think people pick up on that, right? So when you sit down with a financial advisor who's desperate to get you on his books because he has a quarterly goal to meet, that's not the guy you want to work with because he's going to put you in any fund he can get to reach a certain goal. But you sit down with Ben and Ben's willing to talk to you for six months before you even, okay, let's have a meeting and actually do an assessment here. three to four years. Yeah, that too. (laughs) So you're saying I should change wealth managers? Wealth what do we call wealth management advisors? Whatever they want to call themselves that day. Um, Let's say you should work with the person you have the best relationship with and that you're going to trust through the volatility. Right. Well, any why, I think um, that comes, that's authenticity, right? That's mm-hmm. trust. It builds trust because you're being real mm-hmm. in anything yeah. you do, whether and, it's work or not. And customer-based business, sometimes, you know, the most noble thing you can do is tell someone, I am not the guy for you. Totally. I, you, you and I are not a good fit. My, my, my service doesn't match what you need. I don't have that capability. There was a, um, uh, I can't remember who the coach, consultant, whatever you want to call him was, that specific to financial advisors that I was chatting with. And we were talking about how to systematize your onboarding process. And hey, you get a new referral. So-and-so, you know, Joe and Jane get, referred into you the the first thing you do is have what they were calling a fit call to make sure that you're both like a good fit before scheduling like hey we're just gonna have a 15 minute fit call before we schedule time to have you come downtown and and sit down like can we have that call and then it's like okay great we either know yes you're gonna be a good fit or no you're not gonna be a good fit but Mm -hmm. even if no you're not a good fit hey here's steven who might be a better fit steven specializes with working with people in your particular type of situation yeah are you, um, are you, do you fit together? It's like a really in relationship. Right? Yeah, is this going to work? Or, or date a little bit. It's like a quick little speed dating <laughs> it's thing. It's business dating. Yeah, it's business dating. Yeah. All right, so I have started asking people, Uh-oh. if you could design high school curriculums or college curriculums, what would you <laughs> add that people aren't getting taught nowadays or not never been taught? Oh, that's so fun. High school or college? Yeah, or both. I would say uh, budgeting and yeah. understanding how to manage your money in high school. Financial literacy. This one For comes sure. up a lot. Financial That's it, literacy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, I would definitely say that one. Um, hmm, what else would I say for college? I think things like this, like leadership training, communication skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Writing thank you cards. <laughs> I mean, um, just how to interact with people in a way that's meaningful in your mm-hmm. life. Taking assessments on knowing yourself. I'm not sure. I've never really thought about it, so it took me some time. But, yeah. But that would be amazing to get to think about what what are they learning, and or what are we, what could we be learning? This is one that Laura and I have talked about before. My, so my wife's a dental hygienist, mm. and I have a little bit more freedom with my time than she does in my job. So it's like I think early on, or even in high school, part of the curriculum is like, what do you want your life to look like? Too, and a lot of people don't know what they want their life to look like. But shaping it, I think, building a foundation at that age is probably would be important to kids because it's like mm-hmm. she only makes money if she's working share side you know but she also gets to go home and doesn't have an email or people calling her on her cell phone and, mm-hmm. so pros it's like and cons. yeah it's like here's some of the pros and cons of, of a potential life choices right 
right? Well, college, no college, right? Yeah. Debt, but then you have a four-year degree, and then there's these all possibilities for you. Like in, in our Even district ROI here, on your debt. Yeah. Mm. In our district here, we have, there's the Running Start programs if you want to kind of get your college done early, and then you save money if you college degree. There's also the New Skills um, Center that I just was mm-hmm. at last week where you can learn welding your last years of high school and go get a job and make money then. Yeah, good money it's too. It's amazing, yeah. yes. But I think that um, you're right, knowing yourself, taking assessments and knowing the pros and cons of life and definitely financial literacy. Yeah. I, mean, I can't imagine not having that. I think the problem with the financial literacy one is there are so many people that are financially illiterate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, it's the same thing with the generational poverty. It's like there's the parents who even think they're financially literate trying to teach their kids budgeting and you're just like oh my god but your fifteen thousand dollars in credit card debt is sitting over here yeah too so i mean that's it's, it's tough payment yeah 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 it's, like, it's just well, yeah the financial side it's also um how to do things like um, we used to have home ec i'm old so. yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah no, like, you're not that much you... older than me and i had home <laughs> economics as well i had it too um but you know how to cook for yourself it's like basic life skills. We don't teach mm-hmm. those anymore. No. Yeah. How to fix things like your car and things around your mm-hmm. house. and uh, Changing things. a tire should definitely be right. a changing a wheel. Yeah. Like, it would be like life skills. Like it was, I would just call it life skills. Mm-hmm. You know, how to cook for yourself. That's what they how called it. Tire, yeah. How to raise a baby. I mean, parenting yeah. skills. That would be, yeah. be another one I would add. Is how change to a diaper. Well, change a diaper, but also what do, you know, your child before yourself. And, there's obviously things in the curriculums just now, right? And I'm a big believer that there's only so much math you need. Adding subtraction, mm-hmm. multiplication. You don't need to be able to do quadratic equations and friggin' calculus and algebra. And Nobody wants to learn algebra. Numbers are numbers. Why the hell did somebody decide to substitute a number for a letter at any point? I've never done the B times table, right? That's just ridiculous. So you reach a point where you're like, okay, we're teaching kids in high school and in college. Absolute shite again, pardon the language, that they're never going to use, right? When was the last time you used, um, let's talk, uh, when was the last time you used algebra, right? <laughs> Somebody asks you directions, you know, like, well, let A be Chick-fil-A and B be where you're at, and you're going to go along the friggin' tangent. Of the- no, <laughs> you go down the road and you turn left, right? So there's a life skill. You teach somebody how to read a map or... There's only so much English you need. Why do you need to read Shakespeare? See, this it was is never why, any good. This is why I don't understand why he doesn't like the liberal arts schools. <laughs> because it's <laughs> the whole idea of the well-rounded individual. But that's more about um, See, understanding look, humankind that, that, and philosophy and um, why we do what we do and learning mm-hmm. from history. I mean, I think things like history would be good to teach and mm-hmm. more like the the pertinence of history, right? Yeah. Well, I think the even the arts, we get yeah. rid of all the stuff that people would actually do later on in life, like the arts. Mm-hmm. It's like more people regret not learning to play the piano than they do no in algebra. algebra. Yeah. It's like so teaching them to play we, the freaking piano. Yeah, spend more time on a skill as opposed to... Well, things that are life-giving too, I know right? what 3A plus 4B is. Yeah. I don't need to know what 4A plus 3B is. I carry a calculator in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they told me I wouldn't in school as well. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and I should learn both things. So I'm paying a ridiculous amount of money, budgeting, um, to send my daughter to mathnasium, math, um, because she's going to go into seventh grade and I want to make sure she knows some basic algebra. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling really hypocritical. 
But that's one of those things, right? And but I would when ask you're parenting, this. you do weird things. Yeah. Does she want to be an engineer, a mechanic, she a physicist, or something along those lines? Then she or needs she it. She wants to be a singer and be on YouTube. I don't know. So she oh. needs to understand that, right? Yeah. She needs to know trigonometry. She needs to know calculus a little bit if she, she wants, wants to, to be an engineer, engineer yeah. right? Well, it's learning to learn. So that's yeah. why I always say, you know, school is about learning to learn. And then, but then at what point do you decide this is what I want to learn and I'm going to learn real things? That's yeah. where we seem to be missing that switch where we learn to learn, we learn to learn, and then suddenly you have a college degree. You're like, now what do I do? <laughs> we should put this thing up. And while you guys are talking, I'll find it. I'm going to put it on our Instagram without you knowing, Stephen. He loves it when I do that. It makes him really uncomfortable. No, I like when you put things on Instagram. I hate when you draw circles and stuff and it looks like crap. <laughs> that was unkind. <laughs> <laughs> You're unkind, You and your sensitive sensibility. You're unkind. (laughs) You put something... I've I've had to delete things before because he'll like draw on it and he does these huge circles like, go here and do this. (laughs) Jeez. It's a dog. Oh, it doesn't look like a dog <laughs> when you look at it from far away. One of our friends posted that. <laughs> Didn't even like, oh, my dog's so cute. And you're like... That, you, oh. Your dog looks like a dick. <laughs> your dog looks... <laughs> you keep talking. Literally, well, not I figuratively. I don't know how to say after looking at a dog that looks like a cute <laughs> penis. Yeah. This was... <laughs> somebody posted this this the other day and I was dying laughing because it's so true and it's it, this is a dialogue going back and forth between me and school it says me how do I do taxes school here's a recorder me <laughs> what is a credit score school just put it in your mouth and blow like this me how do I choose the right health care plan school hot crossed buns hot cross <laughs> buns <laughs> I was like oh my god that's perfect it's like yeah, I feel like that actually sometimes. Mm-hmm. I actually know someone that's teaching financial literacy in our school district right Good. now, um, Nick Albertini, and so that's what he's working on. I like cool. Nick. He's that piece. Yeah, he's a great person. Yeah, I know he got involved with one of the local nonprofits, and I can't think which one it was, um, but he got really involved all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. it was uh, Beyond Pink. Beyond Pink, and also there's another one, um, not Communities and Schools. Another one. There's so many great amazing charities. I can't even. Yeah, he was coming to SYP for a minute and then kind of fell off. But when I run into him, he's always like, "Oh, I need to come back." SYP is a great way to meet people and have meaningful conversation. Um, I think that my question to you guys, and I'll put you on the spot now, Uh even though I'm on your podcast, is what is the why of SYP? So you know, if you were going to take like for ignite, right? We fund, we mentor, and we enlighten, right? And we do that for a certain reason. But why? But why? Because we believe a vibrant entrepreneurial <laughs> core is essential to the vitality of our region. Um, but you know, with SYP, I also believe you meet great people. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's the only place, really, if you one of the very few places you'll meet people and for business networking and connect in a real way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always encourage people to come. You know that. Um, but if someone said to me, "But what is SYP's mission?" Right? Like, what is its why? I don't know that I'd be able to say that. So we so do I've have, we do have a mission statement and we actually did a, an exercise on this about a year and a half ago. It was something that was really, as I started really getting into Simon Sinek, so I forced them to, to do it at a retreat last year, actually. I made them watch a couple of Simon Sinek videos, which I'm sure they loved. Um, you did feel, I mean, I did it a year and a half ago about feel the, mm-hmm. the change of the mood and like the, the, the yeah. events, but... So to paraphrase our mission, because I can't do it off the top of my head, but it's to be an invaluable resource in the community, which allows young people to connect and collaborate in a non-judgmental and um, non-intimidating environment. So 
If I was to break that down and do it in a non-PC way, essentially we want to provide a place that's not like the old white men's club, yeah. that young people can come and connect. Well, this is why I send people yeah. to you, right? I mean, I constantly send people. I say, oh, you need to go to SYP. Oh, you just moved here from Seattle? You should go to SYP, you know? Yeah, um, it's more so like I, drinking with a buddy. Right. Yeah. It's like the Farmans. When I met the Farmans, I, mm-hmm. um, I said, oh, you need to go to SYP. Now, you know, she's on yeah. your board. And we, we often school. lose people to United Ways little ELS, group. Yeah. Um, and they do wonderful things in the community and they, they just have a very different vibe and feel. I find it very stuffy. I find it very, I'm, I'm going to be honest, Ben, I find it very much like they're, they're struggling to pat each other on the back for what they do in the community as opposed to actually truly make a difference by giving their time the way they should. I've got I disagree. wonderful I, friends within yeah. the community that are part of that organization. I'm just like, oh, I can't warm to it. And I've been to lots of their events. It's just such a sterile environment and very, um, I mean, it's a simple thing. Like I walked into one of their events a year or so ago and there was three groups sat around three big round tables. And I'm like, get rid of those tables. Have standing up cocktail tables. Make people talk to each other. Like, how am I supposed to... Anybody there, you know? It can be less social, I think, because I just talk to everyone. I never have that experience where I go. But I um, I think that they care a lot for our community. And that, for me, is the thing that comes through when I go mm-hmm. to one of their events, is that each of them individually and as a group, they they truly care about. And it's more philanthropic. So I, if I think about the two organizations, I think of, of theirs being really focused that way to be in philanthropic. Um, giving their time and not so much at the events outside of the events mm-hmm. um, and they come together mm-hmm. whereas SYP is really the collaboration and the connecting that you're talking yeah. about so they just have a different vibe yeah. and I never look at it as, as competing I just yeah. look at it from from the perspective that if somebody wants to come to town and meet people and, and it's one of one of our big outreaches right now is the medical community and the teaching community. Mm. We're going to try and do some events around those because we get so many people that come to Spokane specifically for those professions that never find SYP or ELS or any of them. Mm. And I'm working with a couple of the the nursing schools and Providence now to sort of put on an event that's specifically for, like we've got nurses and doctors that come here, young people that never find our organizations and we need to fix that. Yeah, there so. was just one uh, last week, two weeks ago, Joe Galatley from Medcurity um, mm-hmm. put one on. He had a bunch of people called Shine mm-hmm. um, and bringing together the mm-hmm. health community. Um, and he just he just did that. He'd be another great person for you to have on your show. Yeah. I'm going to just keep thinking of more people to put on your show. Just keep writing them down. Um, so from Medcurity. This is why I keep my... Uh... But yeah, I kind of paraphrased their mission there. But that was one that. of your companies that was on there, it wasn't was, it? Yeah, on the 25 plus 5 list. Was, and I, one of the great things about my job is I get to help film these Ignite Spotlights. We're spotlighting mm-hmm. emerging companies that are doing amazing things. So Spiceology, Medcurity, um, Rogini. Companies have been here for a while and new ones like Gestalt. So I go and help film these little short videos about who they are hmm, cool. for the spotlights. And then I get to know them what they're doing, which is really cool. That is fun. Like you were talking about the the club the you know the established companies that have been here for a long time and i'm now in the last six months getting to work with all these really um, big thinkers and people that are passionate about their idea like nathan and yeah um, that have different ideas and different ways of looking at things and it's really well i think we're getting people too and spokane's getting big enough to where Mm -hmm. that the old man man white club the old (laughs) white man's club at the top right where i was joking because i got joking with cindy about it cindy wendell it's like it's like they all had just enough money to exert their influence, but now Spokane is getting big enough, and it's like enough you have people money. coming in, enough outside money. It's like we're getting noticed, and there's enough. 
people that are like, no, I don't think I want to do it that way. I'm just going to do it this way. Like Nathan, who will do things and they just are like mavericks and go about it their own way. Well, have you not, I know one of your friends has told you about this, but just Manitou Country Club, for instance. The, yeah. the hoops they had to jump through and getting some younger people involved to vote just to update their pool and do certain <laughs> things there. Well, it's like they want to go out of business. Almost. Yeah. Some of them. It's like, why are and you trying to run it into the ground? And they don't want new members. And it's like, no, like you guys understand how money works, right? Like when we start running out of money and y'all start dying off, like then we need new members. How about we bring in the new members now? And it was just, uh, those like stories are... today. Yeah. And it's really the same thing, right? It's mm-hmm. like that, there's a certain generation that wants to hold on and yeah. it's hard to let go of power and influence and bring in a new generation that has a different way of wanting to do things. So, yeah. It's usually the same generation complaining about the new generation coming in. Here's a thought on the politics, right? I think we should create a 25 or 30 year window, right? So you have to be 35 in order to run to be president. I'm fine with that. I think you should have to be 65 or younger in order to be a politician, period. Did you just take my... I was like, did you just take my Facebook post? (laughs) I haven't been on the Facebook, no. Yeah, that's what I was. I posted it like last Friday. I was like, I was like, okay, you got to be thirty-five to run for office, but we have to vote between a seventy-three-year-old, a seventy-seven-year-old, and a seventy-eight-year-old. Like, there's a dang good chance one of them's dying in office or losing their cognitive abilities. That's funny. I didn't see it. Like, we're voting for the. I've been thinking this for a long time. It's it's ridiculous. There's a lot of comments. Go read them. It's interesting. I I one hundred percent think that you should lose your your window and obviously term limits. They're a big thing. But we don't have a good candidate for president, not the one that's in or the ones that are trying to run. Well, I'd say they're all too old, too. Like, they should, I mean... Yeah, the young ones get scared away. I think we should... So I thought you were about to say this is my idea. We have to meet the purple party. I don't want to be the blue one or the red one. I want the purple party. Yeah, we'll be talking about that. Just meet well, in the middle. Well, even on, the, uh, <laughs> on our current ballot, you have to check Republican or Democrat. I'm like, well, that's divisive, for one. Like, the fact that you literally are making people check a box. I mean, I get... It's not necessarily attesting to being one or the other. It's just the primary you're voting in. But even still, it's like... Well, how can you possibly be... How can Mike Bloomberg and Bernie Sanders be affiliated with the same group, political group, when clearly their political beliefs are polar opposite? You can say they're either party, too. Yeah, it's it's a pretty wide group now, though. It's big, very segmented as well. Well, I think there's extreme left and there's left and there's extreme right and right. Mm-hmm. And what we've got is, you know, the further away we get from the center, the more issues are going to be engaging for the media. So that's what the media focuses on. So your guys, like, we'll call him, what's, how do you say his name? Is it Buttigieg? But- Buttigieg? Yeah. yeah. Buttigieg? And, and Buttigieg? You know, I think Bloomberg was fairly close to the middle as well. But he's a mil- he's a billionaire, so he's he had evil. some extent. I mean, he did come And then come on the right hand side, you know, your was... guys that are are more moderate on the right are. Well, he once said that he didn't mind if someone had an abortion, so he can't run as a Republican. And it's like Jesus, like come on. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, a lot it's of polarity. It's all about money. I mean, one of the interesting things about the position I had before I moved here, um, I worked for someone that had a lot of money and I saw the interplay of business and politics and how that all really worked and it's it's sad I mean look at Mike Bloomberg you brought up he he spent half a billion dollars to run based on ego and think about how many people that could have put through college or how many people that could feed mm-hmm. I mean it's really that to me is yeah funny. but I mean then it's not to say that Bernie Sanders hasn't spent that much he's just raised it in a different way I'm once again asking you for your money you know what that mean 
but there was a I don't remember which news channel it was on but we can probably guess but there was a whole segment where someone tweeted this and said that Bloomberg spent 500 million dollars yeah, on yeah, on a on his campaign he could give everybody in America million people he could in give America. everybody in America a million dollars and it's like uh, no your maths off there it's like a dollar 53 yeah. or something they could have given him um, yeah, it's a t- but anyway, these two people on this news—they were famous, two they, famous people. Yeah, yeah they, they were, were all like, "Yeah, like imagine if he had done that, and how great that would be." And it's absolutely right. Yeah, like I think a million dollars would have a pretty like, big impact in most people's life. They talked about oh, it before going on. It's one of the things he said, and I'm just like, "Oh my lord, this is what's wrong." Like, people well, you get wanna, their news from Twitter. You want to ask me like, <laughs> look at the national <laughs> debt, right? The national debt, and do the math on that, yeah. and how they talk about like I can't remember it's like four hundred thousand or seven hundred thousand or something per person. Like so, can he pay off our national debt too? Like, no. Yeah. Do the math, people. Well, there's um, there's a there's one with Mark Cuban, another billionaire, where <laughs> when Elizabeth Warren put out, and again, not bad people. I don't think Elizabeth Warren's a bad human being. I just think she's really misled in terms of economics. She put out her tax plan, and they asked Mark Cuban about the tax plan. He said, "Well, the first thing I did was reach out to her economists and ask, did you take into account liquidity?" And the simple answer they gave me was no, we never do. So he said within a year, he wouldn't be able to pay what the Elizabeth Warren's taxes wanted him to pay and he would have to start liquidating, i.e. selling the Mavericks and basically within two he years he would be broke and, and he would have nothing. So I think there's, there's somewhere between what we're getting peddled and what can actually happen that we can... If we take away all the funding and make people self-fund their campaigns, so to speak, minus parties and all the rest of it, I think that's when you get honest people running. You know, you're not allowed to have TV ads. Well, then ads. you really would just get all the wealthy people you're not allowed, doing no, their own You're campaigns. not allowed to have TV ads. You're not allowed to, you know, you're a politician, you have to go out and meet the people. The only way you can meet people is in a public place and you, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's just not realistic, though. I, mean, that's, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's, you know, where, where, is, where are facts? Where is real debate on actual facts and what is truth? And so, yeah. you know, there's all those questions too. Hmm. But we've really gone into a rabbit hole of politics. Oh, yeah, we totally. Welcome to our podcast. No, that's okay. I like it. Yeah, we never go in the direction you think we're going to go. I can it's... talk about whatever you want. I can talk whatever. The beautiful thing <laughs> is. Yoga. Stephen, you ever done yoga? <laughs> I have. You have done yoga? A few times. It's good. I have um, too, actually. Have like you ever it. done the yoga at the cathedral thing? I haven't. I've heard it's beautiful. I've it's heard awesome. It's a great experience. Yeah, so I used to really not be flexible, so I've committed to it for the last two years, and I'm much better than I was. But yoga is something that's on my radar to start doing. It's healthy. I, I didn't mean, realize how hard it is. I'm really weirded out. It depends what kind you do in terms of hard. It can be well, physically hard. It can be mentally hard. I meant physically. Yeah, I mean, if you depending which class you go, it can be More physically active. hard. It can be it can be mentally hard to not be moving and looking at your phone. My uh, my friend <laughs> Nola does good. it. Yeah. Do you know Nola? Of course. And she doesn't mm-hmm. lift weights, dude. And you would not believe this girl does not lift Just weights. Ripped. Oh, she she builds muscle doing yoga. She's the most intuitive body worker I've ever met in my life. She's actually amazing. Yeah, unbelievable. What do you have to do to get trained to be a yoga instructor? Uh, you go through training. Do so you go through a six month every other weekend kind of training to be an R? It's called an RYT two hundred, and then from there you can get more training. So it's like the basic foundational one. Then you can mm-hmm. become. You just got your GED type thing, right. uh, yeah, high school yes. diploma, and, and then, then go up from there. 
keep learning and keep trying and keep <laughs> teaching. I need someone to go to yoga with because I'm really. I I'm do going to yoga do with you. You're the, exactly the opposite of what I want to go to yoga with. But the reason I say that is I don't want to be the the guy in the room that everybody's assuming is just there to see butts and yoga pants. We'll just talk to each other in a funny voice. If that's what they're Steven. thinking, then they're not there for yoga. So the point of yoga is to Ooh. connect your mind and your body. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. It doesn't matter how flexible the person next to you is or how strong the person on the other side of you is. Totally not the point. It's still just... See, that's why I said I would go with him, because I realized that, but Stephen... (laughs) (laughs) The whole thought of being in a room full of beautiful women in tight pants and me being the only guy... You can go to the Smoky Ann Club and there's a a particular individual who goes to... I'm not going to say his name, but it's not... His last name is not White. And uh, who would show up at every yoga class that I was at. And it's just like, oh, you goofball, I know why you're here. I think that everybody needs yoga for different reasons, right? Mm-hmm. That person in particular needs it for stress more than a lot of people I know. But um, yeah, I think everyone's there for their own reason. It can be to unwind. It can be to be stronger. It can be to relax. It can be, you know, I wouldn't worry too much about what other people think. What are some of your guys' goals that you're, I know that you started this with specific kind of health and fitness goals and leadership goals. And well, 2020, that was 2019. Right. So 2019 was get physically in the best shape of our adult lives and then our business is in the best shape they've been in and then 2020 is focusing uh, more on expanding our leadership capabilities and mental health oh okay so, so the yoga plays into work, and this year is mental health and leadership leadership yeah awesome so we it, we tell this story a lot but it was an accident um, when we did Ordinary to Extraordinary I was looking at Instagram handles and such and websites uh, domain names and O2E Journey so the letter O the number 2 and then E and then Journey it's available on everything so I grabbed it all and then we realised that oh, that was kind of a master stroke because each year can be a different journey or you can have a multi-year journey or you know journey can mean pretty much anything no right? terms to a journey quest to something so yeah that was a happy accident that seems to have played out well and now we're a year and almost a year and a half into this but that's what's so great about the two of you is that it's that constant learning about who are you, what can you do, what can you accomplish, learn something different. Yeah, certainly uh, vulnerability to it too. That's what I've had to. It's like okay, we have to learn to be a lot more vulnerable with Brene each other Brown and ourselves. And have you watched the videos and read any Brene Brown? A little bit. Uh, I know the name, but I'm trying to think if I, I wouldn't. Being vulnerable mm-hmm. and having empathy and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just often a misconception that being manly is not being vulnerable. And I think the most masculine strong, thing you can I do think, sometimes yeah. is be vulnerable, especially uh-huh. around other men. Yeah. Um, you know, the it's really strange because in our military, they're encouraged to cry and let their feelings out. They're the most masculine men on earth. Yeah, right? seriously. And and then we've got, in the civilian world, it's like, no, you're supposed to bottle it up. And Now, this has been a learning experience for both of us in terms mm-hmm. of personal growth and, you know, professional growth as well. Yeah, and I think so. Your friendship too. It's really cool to watch. But vulnerability <laughs> is also part of being authentic, taking it mm-hmm. back to, you know, I mean, if you're um, not being honest, yeah. you're not being authentic. Okay. For a long you time, are. I had a Superman complex. Everything's great. Don't need help. <laughs> yeah, you said that. We talked through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yep. It's definitely been an eye opener. Before we wrap it up, what we always forget, do you have any other questions for us? I don't think so. Okay. Good. 
Well, that was a close one. Ah, crud. Okay, sorry, now I have one. Oh, you're so close. What does extraordinary look like? It depends on who you are. In, in any particular journey or... Continual um, growth. Journey. Continual growth. Yeah. yeah. This is an infinite game. Yeah. Yeah. And it, we, we talk about that. It really is an infinite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you set a goal to be famous, well, how do you... What does that mean? What does that mean? Does that mean you had a viral video 20 years ago? Does that mean you're, you know, a child actor? Famous for what? When you're 30, you don't know what to do, but you've got all this wealth. So I think everything has to be somewhat infinite within a finite, I mean, we've only got a finite amount of time, Mm -hmm. but, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, extraordinary looks like when I step back and go, "Did did I help enough people? Right? I think, you want to leave a legacy of helping people and just um there's that value that i talked about a little earlier right it's like Mm -hmm. you got to feel like you're demonstrating value to people too so and i mean there's going to be days where you don't feel like that and days where you do but the idea is that the days where you do feel it outweigh the days you don't Mm -hmm. providing value and helping people for me the connecting um because my yoga philosophy it's all um temporal right it's it's ephemeral goes away and so it's in those moments for me it's like just all of those moments having each moment be really real mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah well i think that was part of that mental health side too i think both of us were at a point career-wise where it's like we were grinding 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 then you're like you get to a point where it's like okay i, I actually am not where i want to be necessarily because i want to be but it's like it's more comfortable so it's like oh but we've sacrificed a lot on the mental health side now too so now it's like being not extraordinary in the sense of like just extraordinary like opening yourself up to being vulnerable to realizing that you're human and that you're not perfect mm-hmm. but there's a willingness to grow within each of those areas too. it's like there's all these scales in different areas of your life yeah. and just trying to figure out which ones are in out of balance and out of whack each year and, yeah and just yeah. trying to grow yeah but yeah growth is a weird answer no it's I, I think that's a great answer yeah, it's not. It's not. I don't think extraordinary is tangible. It's not like oh, we're there, done it. Right. <laughs> I'm now extraordinary. <laughs> thing is, just it's yeah. a constant growth and constant learning. And that's yeah. why we. I mean, probably the first six months of this, we used to quantify with people. Yeah, ordinary to extraordinary. Hope that doesn't seem too pretentious. Now I don't care. I just tell people what it's called and go check it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's perception. That well, that was kind of the joke. People just like, so what? Are you extraordinary now? No, not extraordinary. That's yeah, but, not. But boring. a lot of those kinds of people that ask that question aren't the kind of people that are trying to better themselves over and over and over again, right? No, they're just being goofy. Yeah. So <laughs> they're just being goofy. The same extraordinary in some ways and learning and growing in others. Right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I've got my giftings just like you. And they're extraordinary. Yeah. We always talk about how flawed we are as well. We're willing to accept that we're flawed and trying to be better every day. So totally. I think that's the biggest part of, of growth, right? Knowing that you've never arrived, mm-hmm. and humility. Okay with it. Yeah, humility can be extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> extraordinary humility. There yeah. you go. Well, um, Cindy, thank you for coming on today. Yeah, we appreciate you for inviting you. me. I'm so glad that you invited me in, and I get mm-hmm. to know you better and get to yep. be a part of your journey. We'll see you in Indaba. Yeah, yes, we, you we catch up with you a lot, and at some point we'll have to have Tom on and chat with him as well. I'm sure he would have a blast with us. We can do that one over a beer. I was going to say. Am I stealing all your lanes, Ben? No, no. So intuitive. I know. You, no, you just talk more than I do. <laughs> all right. Uh, you get anything to add before we say goodbye? No, I don't. Good. I got to go check in my email. All right. Make sure the market didn't go down more even though it's closed. 
It's already shut now. I know. That's why I said even though it's closed. (laughs) (laughs) After hours and all that. Yeah. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. Please share, rate, review. Um, Check Cindy out. We'll make sure we tag her in some pictures so that you can find her on the Instagrams and Facebooks and such and share her story. And until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Now. Ooh, ooh.